Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes Something without a warning, love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you it's gonna be a lovely day. to face Someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be Day. It's September. When did that happen? 
Well, we're so glad you could join us today. If you are visiting with us for the first time, in person or online, we are so glad you're with us. My name's Donna Opoka, and I will share the announcements with you. Please join us after service downstairs in Social Hall for a little time of refreshment and fellowship. Our annual World Day of Prayer is upon us this Wednesday, 7 p.m., both in person and on YouTube, led by our prayer chaplains. Let us come together to hold the high watch for our world through reflection, meditation, and prayer. There is still time to sign up for Reverend Kelly's next class, Know Thyself, which starts next Tuesday, September 13th. It will be on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.45 p.m. until November 15th. In this class, you will gain a deeper understanding of prayer, your higher self, and your life's purpose. The book Know Thyself by Richard Lynch is required and is available at smile.amazon.com and Walmart. To sign up for the class, email Reverend Kelly at seniorminister at unityfh.com. The women's group will meet next Sunday, September 11th at 12 p.m. downstairs in the social hall. We're looking forward to connecting with everyone again and having a thought-provoking spiritual discussion. Our next Critical Conversations Zoom meeting is next Monday, September 12th at 7 p.m. And we'll return to the second and fourth Mondays of the month. These conversations are making a difference by becoming, by us coming together and being beacons of love, healing, understanding, and changing the world. Everyone is welcome and please feel free to invite others. The women's group is having a two-day healing touch event for men and women of Unity of Farmington Hills at the Healing Touch Center in Farmington Hills on Wednesday, September 14th from 9.30 to 1 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 or 8 o'clock p.m. and on Saturday, September 17th from 9.30 to 1 p.m. Enjoy a 30-minute full-body treatment to balance and realign your energy for only $20. You must mention Unity FH to receive the discount. There are flyers with more information on the, on the counter across from the sanctuary. Our silent auction fundraiser for the Equal Justice Initiative is in two weeks on Sunday, September 18th. EJI is a nonprofit organization committed to criminal justice reform, racial justice, racial justice and truth-telling about the history of racial injustice in America. The bidding starts before service on September 18th from 9 to 10 and continues after service from 11 to 1 down in the social hall. There will be refreshments, entertainment, and a 50-50 raffle. Next Sunday, September 11th from 11 to 12, the auction items will be available for preview and to begin bidding the last days to donate auction items are today from 11 to 11.45 p.m. and Tuesday from 2.30 to 4 p.m. For monetary donations, please specify silent auction on your donation. We still need volunteers to help with this event. If you're interested, please sign up on the podium outside the sanctuary. 
On Friday, September 23rd, we are having a kids' movie night at 7 p.m. featuring the movie Coco with popcorn and water. This is a community event, so all children are welcome. On October 1st, we are having a board and leadership workshop from 9 to 4 for our volunteer leaders and anyone wanting to be on the board. It's a great opportunity if you're having any ideas that you want to take a larger leadership role in our church. This will be a joint tra training with the members of Unity East, facilitated by our Great Lakes Unity Region Rep, Reverend Greg Coles. To register for the workshop, please let Reverend Kelly know by next Wednesday, September 14th. There are also flyers about this on the counter outside the sanctuary. We are starting a veterans peer support group facilitated by Charmaine Pearson on Sunday, October 2nd, immediately after fellowship at 12 p.m. in the social hall, which will meet every first Sunday in the social hall at noon. To stay abreast of all our weekly activities, our outreach, and our upcoming events, please visit our website, unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through our Friday weekly newsletter. <sighs> Lynette Kelly is the prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service in the sanctuary near the patio doors. So now, as our music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds for the daily word and the opening prayer and meditation. for the announcements. I know it was a mouthful, <laughs> but it's good that we're really busy and we have a lot that we're doing and a lot of outreach as well. So now it's time for the reading of the daily word. I invite you to relax and get comfortable as you hear it, and this will prepare us to go into prayer. Sunday, September 4th, 2022, Ease. Today we affirm, beholding God in every circumstance helps me know ease. And our message reads, it's easy for me to find God in the glory of a sunrise and in the laughter of children and to feel God's love as I get together with friends or family. Wherever there is wonder or fellowship, God is surely present. I remember that God is just as surely present when my responsibilities feel overwhelming 
when conflict arises in a relationship or when it feels as though there isn't enough of what I need. If I begin to feel tense, fearful, or frustrated, I remember that wisdom, love, understanding, and strength, all of the divine qualities that live within me are ready to help me handle any challenge. Assured by awareness of God's presence, I move with ease and grace through whatever this, this day brings. Our Bible verse for today comes from Proverbs 1, Those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread or disaster. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath. Just let your attention float down into the center of your heart, right in the center of your chest. We call this the heart center. Tune into a keen, intense, present spirit and feeling of love. Breathe in deeply. And as I pray, continue to breathe in the feeling of love. And exhale the feeling of love. God, we choose to do this, breathing in and exhaling love. Because love is our natural state of being. And as we tune into our natural state of being, God, we feel unity and oneness in this world. We experience it deeply within. It opens us up to hear that still small voice inside of us that is that spark of divinity of you inside of us, always communicating with us. We tune into that presence and allow ourselves to become powerful expressions of that presence, that every thought, every word, every action expresses your presence in this sanctuary and in this world. Thank you for opening up our consciousness to hear your message, aligning our human side to be willing to follow and be the expression of your message, and opening up our heart and minds to understand it keenly and experience it from the inside out. So we just sit in the moment of love, in this divine moment and this divine presence, this everlasting now, permeating in the feeling of love. Continue to breathe it in deeply, a feeling of love. And exhale deeply, a feeling of love. Become aware of the people around you, the warmth and the feeling of love. Knowing that you are loved no matter what.
God, we thank you for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. This prayer in our hearts are opened up to you in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God, for hearing our heart's desires, for answering every prayer request, for being everything that we need. And so it is. Thank you, thank you, God. Amen. Woo, that feels good. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. Put your hand over your heart and say it the last time. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our growth. You are, and you know what? I didn't change it. Um, I meant to change it to put in there truth seek, uh, seekers and teachers. Let's just remember to add it in there. <laughs> Charge it to my, my mind, not my heart. Um, I'll, have, I'll have Howard fix it so I don't have to keep, keep that promise. We can do this. So it would be seekers of uh, unity, uni, uh, with seekers and teachers of unity truth. Okay, here we go. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Five, six, seven, eight. All the world over, so easy to see. People everywhere just wanna be free. Listen, please, listen. That's the way it should be. There's peace in the valley. People gotta be free.
train over there Now that's a train of freedom It's about to arrive any minute now You know it's been long, long overdue Well look out, it's coming right on through All the world over so easy to see true <laughs> oh my goodness um, like Donna said we are already in September goodness this year has been flying by I, it seemed like a minute ago we were celebrating my birthday <laughs> now it's two months later oh my goodness <laughs> so I heard this joke last week and I had heard it before so thank you uh, Dennis for reminding me of this joke um, there was this guy who lived in his neighborhood, and it was storming that day. And he, it was a warning that there was a flood. And so he didn't have a car. His family was saying, you know, come, come on, we're going to go. And they came by in a car to get him. He said, no, I'm going to be fine. The God has got my back. I'm waiting on the Lord. So he, they were like, okay, but it's getting really bad. So he, they, they left, and he was still there. It started flooding up high in his basement. Things are floating around, and he's looking outside. It's, gotten up to the porch, and someone comes by on a canoe and says, hey, come on, let's go. He says, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. And so he's like, it, it all gets all the way up to like the second floor, and the Coast Guard comes got by and asks him, come on, dude, let's go. You're the last one we're, you know, waiting on. He's like, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. And then it gets all the way to the roof. He's standing on a roof. The, the um, water is up to his neck. A helicopter comes and throws down the ladder. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. So he drowns, gets to heaven. God, what happened? You were supposed to save me. He said, are you kidding me? I sent you a car, two boats, and a helicopter with a ladder. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis, for reminding me of that joke last week. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. But it reminds me of divine order. You know, because everything happens in an order, and it will get more extreme if you don't listen to God's promptings and urgings and the ideas that God are, God's giving us. And I say that because September in unity represents um, divine order. And the disciple that represents divine order is James, son of Alphaeus. And it's the difference between him and James, son of Zebedee. Now, there's a, uh, and he's called James the Lesser. And our divine order represents our ability to organize, to sequence, to balance, and to uh, adjust. James, son of Alphaeus, is said to be Matthew's brother because Matthew is son of Alphaeus as well. So anyway, the, in a, the spot in the body that represents the center 
of order is at the naval area as well. So I just wanted to mention that because as we've been going through these months, amplifying, even as we've gone through different, uh, like the parables we're going on, we're working through now, we've still been amplifying the powers, the spiritual powers in each one, because Jane, uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore believed that our 12 physical, our 12 spiritual faculties, spiritual powers are used, when they're spiritualized, they're used by us naturally and spiritually to bring forth our highest and greatest expression of Christ. Amen. So Jesus says to be heaven on earth, and that's what it means. It means to amplify and be the expression of your inner Christ. The Christ in you is the divine idea of how you were meant to express in this world. We were, we're created in the image and likeness of God, right? So we're fully human in the same presence here in this world. Okay. Hopefully I'll stay in the flow. We're going to get it to do what it do eventually. All righty. So anyway, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh, the spiritual, I know that brings, I'm going to keep this up here and I just pull it up. Um, the, uh, okay, God, bring it to me. Oh, the spiritual faculties help us to be the highest expression of God that we're created to be. All of us are, are um, created to flow in the divine order of God. And the divine order of God, when you look at it, is the sequence of how all things are created. It starts in the divine mind, which in us would be the reflection of our mind. According to divine ideas on the spiritual level, in us is the thoughts that we think that are in tune with divine ideas. And then it becomes a divine expression, and in us is the expression. But in us and in this world, the divine expression is the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So that spiritual activity that's moving on our behalf is the Holy Spirit, and it moves on our behalf no matter what. And this is important to know as we go into this next parable that we're going to be discussing today. So we have been moving into studying the parables, which are spiritual, they're stories that Jesus used that delved with, uh, that were involved with everyday experiences and circumstances in life, things that you do every day in life, but they have some type of spiritual truth in them. So the easiest way to remember what a parable is, is that it's an earthly story with a heavenly message. It's an earthly story with a heavenly message. Let's say that together. It's an earthly story with a heavenly message. And it's a story that's rooted in our lives. Your life is an earthly story with a heavenly message. Do you get that? That as you live your life, the lessons that you get your, to your life, when someone asks you about something, you tell them what? A story. Your experience that you share is a story. And in every experience that you share, there's a message. Somehow spirit is working in there, whether we are aware of it or not. Divine spirit is, I mean, divine law is always in action in our life. And we need to know this because everything is always working in divine order. And it's up to us to stay in the flow of that divine order. If your life is not flowing, I'll say it differently. If you're not experiencing your life in the flow of harmony, you're out of divine law. You're out of, you're out of alignment with divine law. Does that make sense? Because life is going to happen no matter what. But we are here to be heavenly expressions in it. Now, I've been also mentioning to you guys and talking about this a lot, the difference between a, a kingdom of God 
and kingdom of heaven. The kingdom represents a realm on which there's a ruler. So in in the earthly realm, the kingdom is ruled by kings, queens, or presidents, or whatever. That's the kingdom. Jesus says there's a kingdom within, and that's the kingdom that Jesus came to help us to conquer and to overcome. The Israelites and the Hebrews thought that he was going to help them overcome the Romans, but that's not what he came to help overcome. He came to teach us how to overcome our inner world. Does that make sense? Your inner kingdom. The inner kingdom for us is that realm of consciousness that we go into to experience God. The kingdom of God is the spirit everywhere, the spiritual expression everywhere. It's the omnipresence of God. Does that make sense? So the kingdom of God is the spiritual realm, the omnipresence of God everywhere present, within you and outside of you. When you're having a relationship with it, it's the eminence of God. When you see it active in the world, it's the transcendence of God. When you're experiencing God within and you're conscious of God, that's what's considered the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is our experience of heaven, our, our experience of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so I wanted you to know the difference. The kingdom of God is the spiritual realm everywhere, within you and within the world. The kingdom of heaven is how we consciously understand and, and experience and use the expression of spirit within ourselves. That's the kingdom of heaven. And it should be an S after it because there's different levels of spiritual awareness and spiritual consciousness. Amen? Okay, so I'm saying that because... The parables that we've been studying in the last couple weeks are called the parables of the kingdom. Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. And I want you to know what he's talking about when he's, dis- when he's dis- uh, expressing that in these, these parables. Amen? Uh, only a few people get it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Leave me hanging. Amen. Amen. I see where my church is today. Ain't nobody supporting me. That's all right. I can do this all by myself. To my God. Amen? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I know, I'm a silly willy. Woo! Okay, so the parable of the yeast. The title of my talk today is Parable of the Yeast. This is in Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And it's right after he's talking about the mustard seed. It's in between the mustard seed and the wheat and the weed. And it says... Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. God, I thank you for opening me up. I let my human decrease. I let even what I studied and learned up to this point about this parable decrease, that you may come forth and use me. Thank you, God. Amen. So, as we move into this, the kingdom of heaven, the consciousness of spirit, is likened to a woman who used yeast, a fungus, to make dough where she puts it only a little bit in there. What happens is it's an organism. Yeast is an organism that when it goes into the dough, it, it 
activates and is, uh, has a reaction with the sugars in the dough, the carbohydrates in the, carbohydrates in the dough, and it causes carbon dioxide. And what happens is the carbon dioxide becomes that gas that causes the dough to rise. And I remember when we used to make uh, pizza and we used to make different things, bread and yeast rolls especially, my mother would get it ready and she'd put a, a towel over it for it to have the moisture and the warmth in it, and then it would take about an hour, hour and a half for it to rise up. And so there's something to this, and there's a reason why Jesus says this after the story of the uh, mustard seed and also the story of the wheat and the weeds, because it's talking about the permeating power of the kingdom. Now here what he's talking about when he's talking about the kingdom is the teachings of God, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the gospel. Does that make sense? And as the disciples are learning these principles and going out and teaching them, those principles are spreading out. So that's here what he's talking about when he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast that is put in dough because there are only 12 of them and him. And it only came out with him. And, it's, and the thing is, is that the yeast is hidden in a dough where you can't see it. But you know it's acting because you see it rising up. I remember one time I went and lifted up. My mother was like, don't do that. You're going to spoil the process. Because apparently it stops it from rising up. Like when you have a cake in the oven and you got to leave it alone so it can rise, you peak and the cake will fall. Because it has to be at a certain temperature for a certain amount of time for it to do its work. But that's the same thing with us. So on a, on a physical level, what Jesus is talking about is the disciples going out and spreading the message. And he's not talking about the disciples here only. He's talking about all of us who have an idea who are aware of God, who are permeated by God's consciousness, and who go out and become that expression in the world. Now, this is something interesting that, that hit me real deeply. As I was studying the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of God is everywhere present. But what we do, what Jesus did, what the disciples did, was introduce people to it. You can have somebody in the room, and there's probably people in here that you don't know but they're in the room with you, and they come every Sunday. But you weren't introduced to them, so you don't have an intimate relationship with them, so you don't know them. You see them around you. You see that they exi- they're in your presence. They- you see they're part of the church. But you don't have an intimate under- under- awareness of them, of or who they are, or even what's going on in their mind, or even their personality, or even the wonderful individualized expression they are, because you have not introduced yourself to him or her. Is that true? Did you know, there's people in here you don't know. You might have seen often, haven't stepped up and introduced yourself, or ha- they haven't introduced themselves to you. But they're present in here, right? Isn't it interesting how you can be in a church for a long time and miss the beautiful experience of learning and, under- and, t- and meeting each other? And you may have gone for years, especially big mega churches. And they don't get the opportunity to meet each other and see that spark of divinity in the, inside of each other, talk and share and have a, culti- a cultivation of that experience permeating in them as well. That's what happens when you don't share your truth. It doesn't get out there. It's meant to shine. It's meant to get out and permeate and change somebody's life. And even when you don't think you are, you're changing somebody's life. So I have a challenge today. If there's someone in this church that you do not know, I invite you to introduce yourself to each other before we leave out today, before you leave and go home, and meet, you, meet somebody new in this church before you go home. I promise you that your expression of Christ will have permeated their consciousness, 
And now they get to know what they're, what they're experiencing. Does that make sense? I don't know why I was told to do that, but I'm, to, I'm doing it. So anyway, now that's on a human level. And as a matter of fact, that was several thousand years ago. But at this point right now, how many people know about Jesus? How many people know about Jesus' teachings that led us to God? How many people are walking in a conscious relationship with God that exists inside of them because of those teachings that started as that small remnant, that little bit of yeast of God back then? And if you become a powerful expression of God now, you become a part of the history of the yeast of God that is permeating the world. I'm sorry, I got to come down here for a minute. That's permeating the world because I got to be amongst you guys. And you, those of you who were here when I first started, you know I go up and down the aisles. That's what I do. It's, it's a feeling that I get from you all that God uses, and it activates in me some type of chemical or spiritual energy, and then I know what to say because God brings forth. That's a yeast having its experience, having its reaction in the circumstances or the surroundings or the environment. Does that make sense? We're created to be and to ch change agents in this world. We're created to be that you walk in a room of 50 or more and somehow it's changed. When you leave out, that whole energy has resonated and expanded because you stepped up and was an agent in that space. Does that make sense? I noticed it yesterday. I, um, I officiated my stepsister's wedding yesterday and it ran a little bit late. And there were people who were getting a little, you know how people can be waiting. And it was a little bit of a wait. But what happened was the, the, the wedding director forgot to bring her veil. So she had to go back 25 minutes away and bring, get the veil to bring it back. And so the, the bride is sitting there, stressing, shaking her feet, you know. Where, and the groom is thinking it's the bride's fault that we're late. And he's in, because I had them separated. And he's up there. I knew she was going to be late. And she's making us all late. And, I, and so, and then the, everybody in the crowd, I know it's the bride. The bride is late. Everybody, they always not on time. And I, so I went up and into out where the, you know, in the hall part. And I told everybody, we'll be back. Don't worry about it. We're getting to, you know, I know you guys are waiting for the wedding. Everything's going to be okay. And I told him what was happening. And it calmed everybody. And I said, it's going to be a beautiful experience. And I had a smile on my face and love in my heart. And then said something funny. I don't remember what I said. And they all started laughing. And then as I went out to the groom, I said, this isn't even Dana's fault. You remember when I asked you what time it was? You said 8.32. She was driving up. And he took her to the front door instead of the back door. It's not her fault. So I calmed them down. Presence of love. Presence of God. And then went back to her. And I, I guess I'll say what I said. I made them laugh because all of them were well endowed, and I did not fit in there. I'm just saying. So I let them know. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you guys, one of these things does not fit in here, and I'm leaving because it's me. But I made them laugh. And I told the little girl, Serenity, ring, ring bear, uh, the flower girl, let's go. We don't fit here. <laughs> But anyway, the whole point is, by the time the wedding started, because I had come out several times, to infuse love in the audience. They didn't know what I was doing, but I knew what I was doing. To infuse love in the audience with some type of levity and joy. Went in with the groomsmen, 
and the best and the groom to infuse levity in their hearts and went back with the bride and said, we already prayed over this. There's no need to worry, right? We already prayed over this wedding when we were getting it situated. So there's no way. And I had to remind them of that prayer. That is a, being the yeast of God. When you remind people of divine order in action, when you remind people that God's behind the scenes doing what God does, when you remind people to stay in the flow of love, to stay in the flow of truth, to stay in the flow of the highest, highest vibration and thoughts that you can be, even in the midst of a crisis. That was kind of a crisis. The wedding didn't start until an hour and 15 minutes later because we still had to get the candles together. I'm like, don't worry about it. Let me get it together. And I got it together. Where in somebody's life can you be the yeast of God? Where in your family, in a circumstance, in a group, in a job situation, can you be the presence of God? And another thing, okay, so there's this, uh, my nephew, he's out there playing. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a keen sense of how kids are feeling. He's out there, he can, you can see he feels alone, especially when he came back and the rest of the wedding party wasn't there yet. He didn't really know anybody. The music's blaring, he comes in the room, his little girl, his little sister is with him. He's 10 years old, he's looking around and he's looking, and I'm trying to get his attention. He just sits down and he's there for her. Like, let me be a support for her. But he's terrified, he's scared. He's scared. And then while they're dancing, you can see people coming up and, yeah, you're doing a good job. And, uh, placating him, but not really seeing him. And so his sister's getting all the attention. So he goes over and starts hitting her. <laughs> and that's what kids do sometimes. When somebody else, a little sibling or a younger person is getting more attention, they'll come in and do something because negative attention is still attention, right? So nobody saw that. He hit her hard and she started, ooh, he was like, oh shoot, he went and sat down. And she, luckily she couldn't find her mother or father so he was like, Phew. but I got him. I said, Devon, come here. I said, okay, sweet pea. I said, you're big, you're big brother. I said, you got to be careful with how you hit your, you know, play with your sister because you're really big and she's really little. And even though you, you, those hands that protect her can hit, hurt her, you hit her a little bit too hard. Let's be softer, okay? Let's be softer. Now, that's not how his mother, his father would have approached him, but that's how I approached him. And I said, you good? He said, I'm good. I said, I love you. He said, I love you too. And he went out there. Do you know every five minutes he kept coming over to me? Because I saw him. And even though I was correcting a behavior, I corrected it with love. It permeated his whole expression. He was seen. And every time he went out to dance, he was looking over in my way. Sometimes he was doing some crazy stuff just to get my attention. And one time he failed, he looked at me. I said, you got this. But he was embarrassed until I said, you got this. Just a little bit of love can permeate a whole consciousness. Now, just imagine the type of impact it would have been had he been embarrassed in front of this whole group if his parents had saw him hit his sister, because they would call her, him out. That impact it would have had on his consciousness, how it would have permeated his consciousness and changed him for the rest of Versus how I approached him, pulling him to the side and lovingly sharing a way of shifting your behavior. Let's go deeper. Last week I mentioned how I used to talk to myself. It was because a thought came into my mind that permeated my consciousness that made me feel that I was damaged 
unworthy of love, and even unworthy of being a, a voice of God. Because I thought a voice of God had to be pure, that Jesus was pure, that Jesus didn't have parts in him that made mistakes. How am I going to be a pure expression of God? That permeated me deeply until I came into the awareness and heard God speak. God was me the time I heard you. I told you, he said, I didn't get, God told me, I didn't give you an awareness of what's happening for you to change it, but be the presence of God in the midst of it. As I was thinking about that this morning, and this was back in 1996 that I heard that, the consciousness just hit me this morning that God didn't just mean be the presence of God for others. God meant be the presence of God for me. I still had people before me and before God in front of me where I would do it for them and be the presence for them instead of being the presence for me first and then for them. So, and I could tell because when I mess up every once in a while, I still feel shame, especially if I'm up here speaking and I mess something up. Like, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I said that I was in elementary school and had to walk home. It was really middle school. That little bit of a discrepancy bothered me for the rest of the day. Bothered me for the rest of the day. Until recently when I got to the point, Howard was like, nobody's going to care if it's me. I said, but I tell the truth. And I didn't tell the truth. He said, you didn't realize it. I said, but still, I tell the truth. And I didn't tell the truth. That permeated deeply. So when the yeast gets in deeply and it expands, when you start to purify your consciousness, there can be false thoughts in there that have permeated your consciousness as well. And Jesus talks about this when he's talking in um, Mark chapter 8, verse 15. And he's talking to the disciples because right before that time, the Pharisees had come to him and said, if you are who you say you are, prove it with a miracle. And Jesus is like, for real? For real. That's a false prophet that's trying to teach the principles of God, but needs me to show a miracle in order to trust that God's presence is near, that God's presence is within you. The true miracles, really, are the transformations in your own consciousness not the healing of somebody else's body, for you. Now, for that person, their consciousness has changed, which, which caused the healing in their own body. Does that make sense? A true miracle is a shift in consciousness where you start in your mind to get so full of the presence of God that you are absolutely rooted in it that nothing can stop you from being there. And so the Pharisees were teaching false thoughts, false teachings, and that became the yeast of the Pharisees that Jesus was saying, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees. There are false prophets out here. There are people out here, and you can tell by the way people are acting in this world. And it's being shown all over the world. These people who think they're doing right by hurting and killing, by taking away people's rights, by continuing to keep people in oppression. In the United States, systemic racism. 
But people who are doing it think they are right. That's a yeast of the Pharisee because it's coming from a false teaching. It's coming from a permeated consciousness that's out of alignment with God. Does that make sense? And we, as expressions of unity, as expressions of love, can go into their midst. And we have the power to change their consciousness by the love that resonates in us. Because every thought has a vibration. Their thoughts have a vibration. Their body is vibing on that frequency of that permeated consciousness. And I promise you that if you walk up to somebody, I've done it, who's feeling hate, and you look them in the eyes, and don't get moved off your kilter, no matter what they're saying to you, no matter what their intentions are, in an evil way, which is out of alignment with God, you can look them in the eyes and you can stop them in their tracks. I promise you, you can do this. I've heard stories of it happening. There was a story where this lady was in a hostile, hostile and she was in the restroom and a guy came down the hall who she walked past, a huge guy. And she went into the bathroom and she felt his energy, felt darkness and just, just, she felt something on him. And she went in the bathroom and she was in the stall. The door opened up and she felt that energy. She looked through the crack. It was him. Huge guy. Just sitting there. He turned on the water and all the stalls. He turned on all the showers. She knew what he was going to do. She knew what he was preparing so that nobody could hear her screaming what he was going to do. She stayed in the bathroom stall and locked the door. She sat there and she sat on the toilet and she started praying. She held her hands on the stall door and she started praying. And she said, God, tell me what to do. And she said, God, tell me what to do. I'm nervous. She went to look down underneath the stall. He was on the floor on his hands and knees looking up there underneath her. She looked him dead in the eyes. She knew what he was going to do. She said, she got back on the toilet. She says, God, tell me what to do. And God says, start praying for him. So she sat there, and she starts praying for him. And she's praying for him. And then all of a sudden, she gets this idea. And she pulls out her cell phone and says, yeah, I'm in the bathroom. No, you didn't hear me go in? Yeah, I I am. Okay. All right, I'll see you in a minute. And all of a sudden, the door bursts open. And she, and, and he, he, the, she feels the person fly out. She thinks. Somebody comes in, gets in the stall beside her. She looks down. She sees purple fingernail polish. <laughs> she's so thrilled that she comes out and she tells that lady, why she's in the bathroom, why she's so thrilled. So what happened, she and her friend went down to the person who was in charge of the desk. There was a camera outside of that door. She asked the guy who was behind the desk, to pull up the footage for that camera. And, they got, and, and she had to leave because they were in layover. They went, she went home. That guy, they caught. And they asked her, you know, they called her to let her know. She said, ask him why didn't he come into that stall. He was right, oh, he was right there. There was only a door between us. The guy said, because something was stopping me from moving. Your consciousness of love, your consciousness of truth, your permeated space of faith can change and permeate a situation. 
I want to be, to where I seek inside of myself, and I find those areas inside of myself that are blocking me from being completely permeated by being the expression of God so powerfully that I am absolute. You know what absolute means, right? Absolute law means it's unchanging, it's permanent, you can't do anything about it. That's what I want to be, that nothing happens in my life that changes me from not knowing who I am as a presence of God. Amen? And I want to be that presence that if I pray for something, I, and I pray in alignment with God, that the highest and greatest good will come out of it, that it will magnify it so deeply. That wedding yesterday turned out perfectly. The person in the joke that I told you about, he wasn't permeating in the consciousness of God where he realized that God works in the little ways just as powerfully as God works in the big ways. He was just waiting. I just hit myself in the teeth. He was just waiting for God. I'm waiting for God to take this pain away. That's what I'm waiting for. Thank you, God. He was waiting for God to come in a big way. But I'm here to tell you, God comes in little ways, too, that are just as powerfully as big ways. Uh, you ain't going to be able to get me on. Okay, you got me. I told him. I walk all around. It's light. The spotlight. So, even in little ways, today, find a way to be the yeast of God. Put your hand over your heart right now and, take, and close your eyes and take a deep breath. And I want you to affirm, I am the radiating presence of God. Together, I am the radiating presence of God. Breathe, say it again. I am the radiating presence of God. Take a deep breath and breathe in love. And exhale deeply. And say it one more time. I am the radiating presence of God. And now you can open your eyes. You activated the power inside of you through your words. Did you feel the vibration as you were saying it? And if you didn't, practice that. When you talk, there's a vibration inside of you. Let that vibration be a high vibration of love. Know that you are an emissary, an individualized expression of God. I had you say it three times so that you could activate it, so that your eyes and ears will be open for you to be that presence. As you walk away, so that you can hear, yeah, the music team can come up, so that you can hear and be and radiate God so deeply that even you are moved when you walk out of that space. Does that make sense? Are you ready to be the yeast of God? Yes? Not the lower vibration of the Pharisees, but the yeast of God in a high vibration of the kingdom of heaven. Yes? I am a radiating expression of God's love. Together, I am a radiating expression of God's love. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Lakes and ponds, a bleed of beauty and grace. Shutting Detroit down But I won't leave Cause this is my hometown 
You guys remember Pablo? Woo! Edgewater Park. Anybody been to Edgewater Park? Only me? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Y'all leaving me hanging today. <laughs> Woo! So let's go ahead and uh, gently close your eyes. Bring to mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today's uh, session, I mean, uh, today's service. And as you do that, tune into your relationship with God, knowing that you are prosperous and abundant. <laughs> 
the infinite expression of God's love. And let's go ahead and do our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And uh, let's stand up. And you, just remember, you can give online. Uh, you can also send in a check. And there will be someone in the back of the church to give their, your love offering to a, a, a usher. I need to put mine in there, too. We're going to affirm our prayer for protection together and know that it's important for you as you affirm this. We're affirming this prayer for protection with the consciousness that we have a deep relationship with God. As soon as it comes up on the screen. Okay, there we go. So tune in. Put your hand over your heart. Take a deep breath. Feel oneness with God. And it's important to develop this relationship so that as you say this affirmation, you're saying it for real, and you're saying it according to the activation of divine love. Let's affirm this together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.